but we are going to watch Church Ball, continuing our... Um, Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I, I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to pee outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full-length full movie on YouTube. With Mike Let's watch a full-length movie with Hank Silverman. Who the fuck is Hank Silverman? Welcome to and this I'm one. not Hank Silverman. I, I'm very proud I cut you off mid-sentence again. I love it. My timing <laughs> is the step on your shit. We're watching Church Ball and Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T on iTunes and various social medias, as well as our blog spot, which will be updated this week. Holy cow. Right. Yeah. Yay. Uh, my name is Mike Spiegelman. I'm on the phone with Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Good to have you. Carl is a comedian out of New Jersey, uh, no last name. Check him out. Mm -hmm. Type in carl.sucks and you'll find out more. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. We want you to watch it and listen to the podcast at the same time. What's the movie today? Today we are watching Church Ball. Church Ball, which is what, 2006? That's crazy. That's a recent movie. (laughs) You're the reason we're doing it. So go to YouTube, put into the search engine... um, Church Ball, two words, church, B-A-L-L, parentheses, 2006, close parentheses. I suggest Estudio Mormon, All right. which is Mormon. Oh, Estudio right. Mormon. Oh, right. Man. As the publisher. This is a very Mormon film that's pretending to not be Mormon. Okay, so uh, I took the second to click... Uh, the link and then I hit pause and I'm going to move it back to zero and what we want you to do is to do the same I honestly suggest to watch this movie without us talking over it first you back? good movie right? well let's talk about it so we're going to go ahead and play it Uh, we have on the studio mic none other than the uh, rarefied glorified anchorman sized voice of Paul Brumbaugh straight from San Diego where he's staying classy Paul hi what's happening Mr. Carl (laughs) perfect good to hear from you there we go I'm back in rare form just talking about you guys alright here we go Uh, what's happening with you Speaks here we go we're getting uh, hovering that finger over the triangle and in three two and one go thank you Brumbaugh looks like a hailstorm Hailstorm. Hailstorm <laughs> Entertainment. That's something religious, I'm sure. Oh, these well, numbers the are religious. The director's name is Kurt Hale. He's Kurt Hale. He is very religious. Well, this is, so like you said, this is another faith-based movie that we're watching. We watched one last yeah. week. And uh, this one's a comedy. Attentional comedy. Right. This one is an intentional comedy, exactly. Unlike uh, <laughs> what we watched last week, Left Behind with Kurt Cameron. Which was hilarious. Right, till you realize they were dead serious. Yeah, it was as funny as his Christmas movie. Rapture, get until out of here. Until you realize, yeah, get out of here. Well, it's much better than shaving Christmas. 
I thought Rapture was a was a hip hop band. I thought that was a Blondie tune, which was a play on yeah, words of the current hip hop movement. Can you imagine, like you, you're a hip hop movement guy, and fucking Blondie rips you off and gets a hit? Yeah, yeah. I know. And and she has to do it so lame, like he's eating guitars. The man <laughs> from Mars is eating guitars. Shut up, Deborah. Yeah, I mean, like, Fat Five Freddy might have just, like, crashed at their place and maybe mumbled cars and guitars, and they're like, wow, we should give him a writing credit. Yeah, it, 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 it's really talentless. So what we're learning here is church fall is a great thing for Mormonism, and then you cut to church fall today, and you see all these... Fallops. Violations! <laughs> Fouls! Yeah, they keep giving pulling wedgies in the magic underwear. Watch this poor uh, old woman. Poor that was a male Christian in a wig. It wasn't an actual female Mormon that got hit by the ball. Oh, you could tell that. Yeah, it was a young person. Um, <laughs> you could tell. Definitely. You could tell the stuntman wasn't uh, Mormon because of the yarmulke on his head. So now we're hearing the voiceover of the main character's wife for no reason, just talking. Now, here is a good, good beginning. So, so far, I like the movie. It showed us the old black and white footage right. from the 50s. It went into today's, you know, foul and all that stuff. And now look how clever they're being with they're the doing uh, credits here. The opening credits have uh, real-life people holding signs at the courtyard, court field, with the credits on it. So it says Fred Willard. Now it's superimposed. And, you can see it. Yeah, which is good because they should have some sort of... Uh, oh, some this stuff is actually like that the designer. Is, yeah. Right. That one's not superimposed, but most all of them are. But it's still very good. Uh, sometimes when movies do it it's good and other times it's just kind of tacky Salt yeah. Lake City mm -hmm. casting and then Los Angeles casting so you could tell like Clint Howard maybe Los Angeles casting Fred oh Willard. as you already know Clint Howard is the famous brother of um, Howard the Duck <laughs> I love Howard the Duck I wish he made more movies <laughs> so yeah they're uh, cheap credits but it's cute, you know, it's, it's a yeah. little lowbrow, but... So now we're seeing an example game. Okay, so this is a daughter, and nobody likes her cooking, and it's like a running gag throughout the film that doesn't really work. Now, you mentioned that the narrator is not the hero, but the wife of the hero. Right, and she's just, just doesn't add anything to the film, you know? I looked her up, she's got a lot of TV, I don't know. Well, she's like maybe FaceTime in this movie. There she 6%. is. There she is. This is one of her percentage points in this movie. Mm-hmm. My hundred. Okay. Yeah. Here is, is there... the brother of Ron Howard. Looking like uh, David Cross. And he's in every Ron Howard film, but always like the janitor. You know, <laughs> he gets no respect. He was Gentle Ben. He was Gentle Ben. He was Gentle There's Ben. There's Fred. Wait, what was Gentle Ben? Uh, I get Gentle, Gentle Ben and Grizzly Adams mixed up. Well, then, yeah. It, it's just slightly before your time, like two or three years. Now we have a big fight, like usual. Uh, two or three years before your time was a Florida Everglades, uh, like park ranger kind of guy who drove one of those fan boats, you know? Oh, yeah, and his sure. Son Very popular. had a pet dog. Uh, excuse me. Bear. Had a pet bear instead of a dog. And he was and named was Ben. ben. Ah. Yeah. Okay, so the bad cook um, daughter also cooks their dinners, and she does them all themed, so they have to wear silly hats and stuff. 
It's another running gag that doesn't really. It's a well. It's a family movie, Carl, and we're just watching the family. So. <laughs> I suppose that's true. You got to ground the raunch with the family man. What we're doing right now is we're meeting each character. I'm like this guy's from um, Azerbaijan. He goes, "Why you get in my car? I'm not technical." Like we're learning about each. Now is he telling? This, one of the, is she telling it like it's Goodfellas? And then over there is yeah. Johnny two times. He says that because he mm-hmm. says it two times every time. And this name is Charlie Church because he keeps going to church and no one likes him. Yeah, it is exactly that kind of thing. See the mild mannered church guy. By the way, he was in Star Trek, oh. the Corbinite maneuver. <laughs> That's right. So that was a '60s original, right? He says that mm-hmm. people still bother him to this day about that. '66. Yep. So if you met Mr. Clint Howard, you would say. I loved you as the comic relief in Ron Howard's movie, or you would say, <laughs> yeah. Star Trek was great I, 55 <laughs> years ago. You remember that scene? I loved you in Austin Powers saying, look at the tech. <laughs> That's right. He was in Austin. He was in both of them. I think he was in all three. Yeah. Johnson, it looks like a big tallywhacker, sir. Wow, you remember that. Oh, there's chaos on the courts. Church courts. So the way now I, here's the coach, okay. right? He's the temporary coach for the last like 20 years, and Fred is going to uh, Fred Willard is going to get upset and fire him. Fred Willard is the bishop. That's another indication that this is Mormonism. Also, until the mid 70s, Mormons did a lot of basketball for fellowship. You know, is that true? Yeah, I, all, I, all I know is that no synagogue has a basketball court, and there's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't think Jews can play basketball. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So Fred Willard has an eye patch, but his eye is okay? Well, yeah, that's a running gag. Like, Fred Willard says, like, he can't be the coach because of his bum knee and his, his you know, bad gallbladder and his, you know, it's, it's I don't kind of understand the joke. Right. But he's scamming injuries to get out of stuff like church ball. I don't understand it. It's not funny, but that's the script. Huh. Here's the two bad guys. Oh, really? Uh, There's bad guys in this movie? Yeah, they are um, brother lawyers oh, winning is what billboard. we do. Bracken and Bracken. Well, they spent and, some money um, on this movie. That's an actual billboard. Yes. And that's them as kids hurting our main hero's feelings. Are you sure that's not Luke and Owen making fun of Andrew Wilson? <laughs> the main character. There's Luke. There's, yeah, yeah, go there's ahead. Let's character. introduce uh, Andrew Wilson for us. Yeah, Andrew Wilson. Uh, and what sucks for him is you got to say brother of. You know, it's just like Charlie Murphy before he got his own fame. You have to go brother of. There's a quote from him in the research of this film saying, um, everyone thinks I'm the big star here, but I'm not even the famous brother. Well, he's probably the most famous. He he was in um, what was that movie with the Drew Barrymore Whip It, and he was terrific in that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's he's in Idiocracy. We mentioned this last week. He was the guy that uh, Luke had a fight at the end of the movie. Well, no, in the middle of the movie, he had to go up against. Yeah, like um, it was like a big arena, right? Right, right. I think that's and at everyone, the end. Okay. Unless they had the big arena fight in the middle of the movie, and then they had an even bigger arena fight at the end of the movie. <laughs> so right now, Fred is telling him, you 
if you listen to his voice, by the way, he sounds just like his two brothers. The he's like, you've they... got to... Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll play when Andrew speaks. He's just saying, you've got to lead us to victory. You've got to be the coach. He's like, I'm a player. I'm not a coach. And I'm feeble-minded. <laughs> I voted for Mitt Romney twice. He wasn't even on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote him in. Okay, put it on. Uh, let's right, hear his let's, voice. Let's listen to Here's Fred. Two-Eyed Devil. Two-Eyed Devil. He's just riffing hardcore. He's giving him the playbook. Number seats? Tithing. Uh, what? Oh, no, never mind. Uh, it's a mistake. Give him back. I'll handle those. Church. Little church humor. Just, uh, Very little. Or want lists. Anyway, you didn't see it. So, you know what my philosophy about this movie is, Carl? Is that what? a mega church has a movie theater and a basketball court. And it's part of mm-hmm. inner church, church ball. I mean, this is definitely inside baseball and a lot of funny inside jokes about professional church basketball. But I also think, like... We were talking last week about how Left Behind and a lot of faith faith movies will uh, get the congregations, the churches involved or get them to see right. the new movie, to buy the video. And I think if a megachurch has a theater, that they can get this movie to play at their at their theater. And if mm-hmm. so, they probably have a basketball court. So it's like having a movie. This movie is, this movie is made by Mormons, but and there are church people in it, but Really, it's trying to be Hollywood. Well, that's not bad. I mean, I like we were saying, these faith-based movies have gone from just being two people talking philosophy to actual storylines. Right. <laughs> you know, and action and, and, and emulating uh, various Hollywood genres. Now, this is the fourth more, uh, movie by Hailstorm, Hailstrom, and three of them were very Mormon. You had to be Mormon. Uh, but this one was the Hollywood one. But the thing is, there was a big lawsuit, and the investment company sued them, saying they overspent, and he did file bankruptcy really? in 2010. Oh, that's a yeah. bummer. Crazy, because the church, church ball is kind of cursed. Uh, yes, yes. So when you go online and look up Hellstorm Productions, all the credits and stuff end here in 2006. Yeah, well, you know, they weren't the only one in the last ten years from the last previous decade that kind of just blew up and disappeared. I think of like Revolution Pictures, uh, mm-hmm. and they, they would just be prolific in their releasing, and then they just, you know, went bankrupt and just left a trail of terrible movies. Well, I've got details on the. By the way, it's Tuna Castle all night, and so she did like pirates and fish hats and stuff, and yeah. And now he's telling them, I've been asked to lead church ball. Okay, here it is. Lawsuit brought in 27 by um, Joshua Bryan and Company against Hailstorm. It's an investment company. Six million plus punitive damages. Uh, Significantly went over budget. Church ball never repaid and never paid a cut of the movie's profits. Production costs came to 1.2 million. Most of the internet says one, but the lawsuit said one. Point two, and that said it was more than double the original. Oh, turn this up. He goes, how many figures was I holding up? He goes, one thumb. Okay, He's good. improving. It was four last time. Uh, they got to gild the lily on that joke. Can't let that joke sit. Got to tag it. Tag it. Tag it. Are you sure they were thumbs? <laughs> Keep it going. It was a decent joke. Tag it, faggot. All right, so they are on the court again. This is good. This is a good place to shoot. Keep the production value down and then supercharge the financer. 
Also, they didn't. This they, is all shot in Utah. Didn't they promise the producers promised the financial group seventy two virgins? Wasn't that part of the deal? <laughs> no, that's the wrong religion. Oh. So they said the original budget was half a million, and it swelled to one point two. They asked for a bigger budget so they could hire directors, uh, actors from the Screen Actors Guild. They did not approve a larger budget in advance. They were forced to pay more to keep Church Ball from folding. Tailstorm racked up unnecessary expenses, renting 20 motorhomes for the actors, 24-hour catering, hiring a cast assistant, and spending more than 50 grand to write original music for the film wow. instead of creating a soundtrack with pre-existing. Yeah, public domain religious music. Right. 20 now, trailers. Yeah, there weren't 20 stars. Well, okay, let's count them. Uh, Look at that guy. You see his eyes, the rest? Yeah, he's crazy. Uh, he's a Jewish <laughs> friend from down the street in, in Salt Lake City. <laughs> well, he in, in real life, he is a comedian in, in uh, Utah, and he's known for like really being dirty, raunchy. Well, that's cool. I mean, you got to give it up to it's a comedy. You know, I, I should mention, as I always do, that I was part of a, a movie heckling group for about 10 years, and uh, the producer never liked to put up comedies. And the, the rule of thumb is that you can't heckle comedies because as bad or as succinct as your joke is going to be, chances are they're going to use that joke. But I do think mm -hmm. bad comedies are terrific bad movies because they create a universe where these comedic things happen, but they never deliver. Or you're stuck in a right. very weird, rarefied universe where, you know, guys work at hot dog wiener trucks and girls have big boobies. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's skewed towards exploitation, but in real life it wouldn't exist. So, if it, when it fails, right. you know, you feel like you're trapped in a weird video game. Right. In real life it doesn't exist, but while you're watching the film you suspend disbelief. But the thing is, you never really do. No. You know, because that's not the world. So, he's just fallen on his butt. And that's going to become a thing that keeps him off the bench. Now he's got to get another team member. Right now he's just sort of being heckled by his rivals. Which are the two brothers. Yeah. The lawyers. And so when they pull out, they peel out, uh, Wilson's like, honey, please, right away, please peel out. Okay, so now he's going to reveal to them that he was asked to be the coach. And they're like, you didn't say yes, did you? And... He's going to go, yes, and they go, we suck. And it's kind of it's every like, sports movie. It's dodgeball. It's the scene in dodgeball, right? Where yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know the so, – yeah, go ahead. Um, n well, that's all right. It's, I'll tell you in a second. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that the, uh, the brothers who are attorneys, they have uh, an ad campaign, which the older brother doesn't like. It's called Better Call Saul and his older brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I you watch new. that show? I actually, for full disclosure, I've seen the first three seasons, and uh -huh. uh, we don't have cable anymore, so... When, it's when, okay, you're not missing crap, man. It's just as bad as ever. Well, you know what? I mean, I saw the first two seasons. I, I, as Carl and I attest, please, watch physical media. Go to the library and check out DVDs. That's how I saw the first yeah. two seasons of Bear Call Soul. Get the DVD service from Netflix. You're doing yourself a big favor, and you're, you're seeing more movies and better interesting films in TV series yeah. that way. Right. If you stick to streaming, then you're sticking to like today's crap. Crap. There's good stuff today, but but yeah. not all of it is good. But you can pick and choose. You can't see Rollerball. You can't stream it on Netflix. You've got to DVD it. 
You might see Rollerball from the 2000s, just because they have been yes, Avatar right. Month. Actually, you know what, Mike? Yeah. I bet you you won't, because it's 18 years ago. I bet you. They don't stream <sighs> like that. Well, happy anniversary. Happy Rollerball anniversary, girl. <laughs> I didn't realize. I feel bad. I forgot to get your present this year. <laughs> it's not the golden. What's 20 years, anyway? Silver? It's the 18, so it's the... Uh, you know, like macrame. Actually, it's ironic because the 18th anniversary. It's a particle. It's it's an actual rolling ball. Oh, rollerball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a rollerball for 18th anniversary. We're uh, we're talking about something else because right now this movie is keep going like a bad Jet Apatow movie. Uh, what's happening right now is exactly what you think. They're all like, "Are you crazy?" And then he's hyping them up and talking them into it. I think we can do this. And goes, I'm with you. You know. Yeah. Now there's That's five... exactly what you think. There's five people in the room right now, and uh, I, I prefer movies by John Landis and Penelope Shearers because they know how, and Jay Roach from the Austin Powers movies, because if this was Austin Powers, we'd see all five of them, and we'll see each other's reactions while people speak. But this one is just like kind of scattered shot. Yeah, right, it well. is. And, okay, this is a kind of pointless scene. He goes here. And his butt, he can't sit on his butt for a week, so he gets a blow-up pillow. Oh, and then he goes outside to the parking lot, and we get a fart joke. It's just it's just not good. They call them donut pillows, but man, do they taste not like donuts. <laughs> They're so plasticky. Yeah. They, they smell like ass. They smell like ass. You know, when people so, take... opening weekend yeah. um, of 2006, Okay, they smell like ass because people are sitting on them, right? Right, and then they'll say they'll oh. put it on their neck, and you'll be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Like they'll use it on their head, like, oh. "Gee, your hair smells terrific." <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's ass. You know, this was shot in eighteen days, right? We're acting up a million point million two in point eighteen two. days, and we haven't yet got to the star of the movie. Oh, yeah, you haven't heard his voice yet. Who's the star of the movie? Isn't he the star? No, you mean I'm Gary? Harry Gay, Olman Gay. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Gary for let's a minute. Let's talk about okay? Gar the late Gary Coleman. Okay, did you say the late? Yeah. Did he pass away? That's too bad. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, we'll have to read about his death because it's related to this movie. <laughs> you didn't know? No, I, he hasn't I even appeared know. in this movie. Gary Coleman married somebody in the, from this movie. You're 100% right. So this movie really changed Gary Coleman's life. First of all, the very first draft of this movie, Gary Coleman was the star. He didn't even know it. They were writing it behind his back. Oh, this is a dumb, irrelevant scene. It's his job. And what we establish here is the guy to his right, stage right, uh, seals his ideas. It's like a dental health company. It's like he's like ideas, people. We should so, have teeth like the like the Osmonds. Great idea. <laughs> That's what we're looking here for. How Wilson about, comes up with uh, like flavored floss, and then the the idea on, stealer people. jumps in. Mr. Punctuality. Like what if we started pushing flavored floss? Yeah, keep going. And then after we get we the don't sell it to adults. We sell it to children, and, and we sell it in flavors they like, like like bubble gum or or, or French fries. Son of a bitch! Jesus Christ! I thought the world of stand-up comedy open mics was rough, but boy. Yeah, right. They're ripping ass. off left and right. <laughs> Wait a minute! Just because my punchline happens to be a tag of your joke doesn't mean I ripped you off. 
It does now. <laughs> I was just you know, thinking of a tag like, for you. Nothing's invented. Like, everything is... Like, you see something else and you get inspired. You get an idea. But when it's so direct, it's, you know... Like, if somebody does a joke and you're like, hey, that's a funny concept, right. I'll just say it this way, you're ripping them off. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay, so just like we, he was introduced to the playbook, and it sort of sets it up like the playbook is going to be the big hero of the, you know, it's going to save the story in the end, and it, right. it, it won't. He's now finding, a, like, a star basketball player. He's, he's cruising basketball courts. Well, he he just was passing, and he sees this guy. Right. He's like, you got a great outside shot. But what the mo- movie promises is this guy's going to, like, join the team or become the coach or show up at the last thing and give him a device that makes it win. But it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way at all. He just finds There's, a ringer. There were nine drafts of the script, Mike, and they, it's still. <laughs> That's where the money went. Seriously. It's in the words. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Mexican night. Yes, and he she's playing music. <laughs> it's she's just a horrible cook, and they just indulge her. I don't know why. It's not the funniest thing. Every single time, it's like put on your silly hat, right? Uh, my teenage son. You figure Do I they have to. They they could evolve the joke. You know what I mean? They could start doing. Well, never mind. No, they could, and then like after she gets some motherly advice or right. something, she makes a good meal and they're like, things are turning around. Right, and then... No she, more improvising. And they'll say like, so you play the... Can you tell us about Church Ball? Sure, it's a movie about my character who discovers how to cook with the love of the parents. Oh, okay. Oh, he's got a little hat on now. They're moving the cameras around like it's the opening of Roseanne around the, the, <laughs> the dinner table. It's a weird director. Well, you can see the money in there. Everyone looks very well rested from their uh, trailer. So yeah, they probably had non-union Salt Lake City actors mixed in with. Well, Howard. they had the the two referees are like one is a local uh, DJ person and the other is a comedian in Utah. But other than that, no. I mean, there are some extras on. That really, Hailstrom was trying very much to get away. Right. From that. Okay, so now we're learning about the Kareem Abdul Jabbar of yesteryear. What is he doing today? He coaches little kids, and God has a plan for everyone, oh, and I guess this is mine. And I was hoping like to say God, otherwise, the deal is off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, see, they, they had got God in it. Of oh, PG 13. PG 13, he said, he said God in defense. <sighs> God damn it. This is R. actually uh oh, R. <laughs> this is actually PG. Okay, so this was released March of 2006 and 6 months later exactly, not exactly, September of 2006 it was DVD release. Okay, yeah. so this was theatrically released. I mean, I'll be in probably yeah. in Salt Lake City. You walk in with Now, This is really good. He asked him like he asked him like something about the sizes, and he goes, "Why do you think I work here?" I didn't mean to offend you. I was... <laughs> I'm just toying with you. Right and he was just kidding with him, and it is. I don't know. Is oh. it funny? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this movie's not bad. The director? No, this movie is bad. Sure, <laughs> it is. 
<laughs> and the director's off this rocker. I got all these quotes from him that are way wrong. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, no, I agree. This is probably one, when I discovered this movie, and I have to give a shout out to my brother, Adam Spiegelman, who had a copy. He has a podcast called Proudly Resents. Highly recommended. It's going on for seven years now uh, about cult movies. He gave me a copy of this movie, and I was floored. I think we watched it together. Just floored. Uh-huh. Not basketball court floored. Just like, just amazed this movie exists. You know, it is it is funny. It is a comedy. It is a re- very religious comedy. It's a Mormon religious comedy. It's you about- found it funny. Yeah. There are parts that are funny. Well, there's one scene I do think is is they put a lot of thought into it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. what's weird about this movie, besides, well, I don't mind it's a faith-based movie, but I that they have to make the the wife the narrator. Like, so they can it, get... That was pointless. When they want to get female viewers. They want to say, hey, come over to Church Night Movie Night. We're showing a ch- uh, woman's movie about a woman's husband who has to start help the church. Uh, you really think that was the motivation behind it? You could be very well right, because this guy's very off-base in his... I was thinking okay. about... Yeah, go ahead. He says here, he, the director claims Church Ball is your classic story of good versus evil. What? What? It is. What, what, what is... The, Jew, the Jews versus it's George uh, Soros versus okay uh, <laughs> okay he goes from the start um, I knew I needed some big names I made a wish list I picked quirky characters and I got them I picked people who would say yes to a project and collect the check right I mean Fred <laughs> Willard's great but he's great because he'll do anything and he does yes you know I'm not surprised I, I got Fred Willard Fred Willard was in Spinal Tap as the um, the, the Air Force general kind of guy. He was in um, those pet ones. Yeah. Um, well, I talked, there was two... I, I was just saying, I talked about this movie on Paul Brumbaugh's uh, podcast beforehand with uh, uh, Roger, uh, George Carlin's brother, Patrick Carlin, and they were talking about Silver Streak and that uh, uh, Fred Willard's in, in the scene in that movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's been... You know what I didn't do? I didn't research him, because you just know him. You just know You know him. what I mean? I mean, he's yeah. in Mary Hartman. He's in Fernwood tonight. Oh, he's... Yeah. Listen now. Listen right. now. Team built like a tree. Oh, I'm sorry. You can mute. There's a scene I want you to listen to. It's a very funny scene. You probably heard it before, because you saw this film. Yeah. He calls up to a person to get... Um, them to come play basketball tonight and the wife answers and he says oh hi Stu like thinking it was the man and she freaks out like you thought I was my husband he goes no no you have a lovely voice Mrs. Henderson or whatever tell your husband I called I won't do it reverend and then there's another one in which a guy pretends he's the answering machine you gotta hear it well you know what let's just do it right now I, I can't wait uh, hello. Well, it isn't on now. Ring, it ring. We'll, now. we'll have to improvise. Hello. I'm the <laughs> hey, wife. Of, hello. Hello. <laughs> Stu, good to hear from you, man. What's up, bro? Oh, God. This is Mrs. Henderson. You thought it was my husband. What's no, a, no, no. No. Mrs. Henderson. You have a lovely voice. A lovely voice. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm under a tunnel. I'm in a tunnel <laughs> right now under a bridge. What we're learning right now is there was a guy named, uh, like, J.J., I forget his name, J.J. Johnson, something stupid. And we enticed him to come here and play church ball. And he missed the last shot of the final game and lost 
the whole season for them. And so it was a big fight, and the house that they recommended had mold problems, and he could never sell it. There it is, J.J. Jones or Jeremiah Jones. So now they're going to say, would you play church ball? Another Jonas. Let's uh, listen, let's all listen. Right. All right, all right. You don't go to church. Maybe you can reason with him. Let's play some ball. I, I hear a walking fit. Okay, one of us lost a pet, and we think it may be. Yeah. Yes, hello. Can we eat your dog? What he means is that one of us lost a dog. Do you have a German... A, a poodle. A He's German an actor. poodle. <laughs> now, no. this guy we're seeing with his no, long okay. hair and stuff, he looks like a football guy. You know what Jones I mean? Residence? He doesn't really look like a basketball guy. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's true. Because we're from the Mud Lake basketball team and we're trying to put together a team. And oh, get it. close the Mud door. Lake. Get ready to close the door. Boom. That was great. Yeah, we didn't see that door close. It's your, we're here to eat your dog. Oh, Hi, I'm Nicey Nice Wife. Look how familiar she looks. Yeah. Oh, she's like gonna she's let an in? old Mork and Mindy or something. But I couldn't <laughs> find the... I searched the internet. <laughs> uh, this week on Mork and Mindy, Mork goes Pam to Dawson. EST class. I want you guys to clear your mind. 20 years later... Oh, honey, he'll play church ball with you. <laughs> uh, oh, let's listen. Okay, oh, that, that, that could do better than hi. This is the scene. I think we did it better. Oh, we missed Done. it. My man, thanks for coming. Let's got reenact reinforcements it. on the way. Let's hi, reenact honey. it. It's Bishop Linderman. Is your Here. husband in? No, he's not. Oh, I see. Uh, what about your son? Rehab. In rehab, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. He was always to fight the good fight. I guess. Just tell him I called. Right. All right. <laughs> there was no screenwriter in that room when Fred Willard started just opening his mouth. <laughs> I mean, okay, you can now, tell he has a bad heart, okay? Why? So he's he... always like, I want to play on the team. And they're like, Put no way, heart. man. I'm not giving him mouth to mouth. <laughs> that was what Howard said. Oh, well. Oh, I laughed at the joke from the movie. That's how good this film is. So this guy has a bad ticker, but he still wants to be in it, and he's going to let him be in it, and then nothing will be mentioned of it for the rest of the movie. Well, actually, th this one does have a payoff. So, All right, he should do it. <laughs> he's like, they've been telling me that for the last 30 years. And listen, listen. Yeah, um, we can't come to the phone right now. Wait a minute. Hello, Stu. Stu. What's with It was so obvious because he said hello. Thanks. Call me back, Stu. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, now here we have a terrible, terrible subplot in which they have a crush on each other. She's the organist, and, you know, he's the one with the bad ticker. And she's like, Are you sure you want to play? I want you just to be safe. And it's just like awkward stuff. Do they both work at the church? Yeah. He's the janitor and she's the organist. Wow, the church can afford so it. I use, most churches, the organist and the janitor is the same person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Got two salaries going on there. Oh, go ahead, tell me about this romance, this crazy Oh, well, um, okay, so this woman here, uh, just like my wife, she plays the organ. <laughs> <laughs> she's an organist, you know what I mean? 
You know what I'm... Wink, wink. Did you know I've got to meet the world's tiniest pianist? Pianist? Oh, pianist. Very good. Yeah, I shook his hand. He's like, that's not my hand. Whoa! It was his pecker. His tiny pecker. So there is some payoff to the boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, but they fumbled the ball. And you'll see that. Okay, so now they're going to play like the Polynesian team. Uh Uh-huh. And what do they look like? They're just every stereotype. (laughs) Yeah. They look like Fluffy guy. You know, you know, call me Fluffy. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about. No. He always wears the Hawaiian shirt. He's big. So he's carrying around his donut? No, there's a comedian in this world, right? And he's like, I'm not fat, I'm fluffy, or I'm big bones. Oh, right, Gabriel uh, Inglis, I think. Gabriel he's, Fluffy. Yeah, he's, he's got a show. Hey, thanks, because I've never seen his act, but I know his nickname is Fluffy, and there's, that's the reason. You, oh, you never saw like him on Comedy Central or something? No. He'll make you laugh. You should listen, but... Okay, oh, so now we're fun. having all sorts of... What's that? They're very, the Polynesians are very fit. They don't have clues. Yeah. We're having all sorts of stereotypes about Polynesians now. Look at his crazy eyes. That's the comedian from Utah. Right. He's the ref that it gets seized. I, I bet you he's headlining because of this movie. Probably. Yeah. As seen in Church Ball. Right. 12 years So ago. and so, parentheses, Church Ball. <laughs> and Cable. Yeah. See, what's weird is like they lose every game. They lose every game. We got to get better. We got to get better. Then suddenly it's like, okay, we're in the championship, so we got to get better tonight. <laughs> they lost every game, right? How, how did they get into the championships if they lost yeah. every game? There's something crooked. I think the church is crooked in church ball. <laughs> Look uh, what they do. Oh, this team yeah. is so embarrassing. I got to rub my eyes in slow motion. Oh. And roll them. <laughs> I've got some quotes from the director Luke Wilson. I think I might have already um, take a. I got a bunch of quotes. Here's what he said: "I've I've punched uh, Owen in the nose. That was me." Oh, uh, there is some story about a bee. Um, he's got a BB lodged in his knuckles. A, a real life BB, Andrew and um, his brother shot him. It's a Which real one? Story. Luke, Luke shot him. I'll find the story. I'll find the story. It's their fourth brother, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Wilson. All right, this team's okay, going to so make. Okay, so here's it. a quote from Andrew Wilson. I've never done anything like this before. Before it's a short shoot and with an active pace that forces us to be creative. I'm their big star, at least that's what I hear, but I'm not even the most famous Wilson in my family. Well, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. He can't even believe he's the star of this movie. Yeah, right. What other Fre- f- um, Fred Willard, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, what other famous uh, lesser sibling movies do you like? Are you a fan of Moving Violations with Charlie? Uh, Bill Murray has another uh, brother. Who's, right, who's, yeah, right. I am Brian a fan Doyle. of... He was in Scrooge, and he had his own movie, that moving violation. I right. I did enjoy that film. Yeah, me too. Don't, uh, to, uh, well, whatever. I, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, but 
Yeah, there's there's some other movies that have like a, well, Martin Sheen has a brother, Joe Esterhaus, who's in a bunch of movies. Oh, because Martin Sheen produced two brothers, right? Yeah. Well, uh, no, no, Martin Sheen's brother, the the father. Yes, I know. Their yes. uncle, mm-hmm. Uncle Joe. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. That's how they got the name Estevez. Uh, that is. Well, Estevez is actually Martin Sheen's real name. And that's Emilio Estevez. Oh, Estevez is the father's name? I yeah, gotcha. so he changed it to Sheen, and Joe, his brother, kept the name. Mm-hmm. Charlie kept the Sheen name. and uh, Was that the Estevez ideas? <laughs> that they had. Okay, Andrew Wilson as Dennis Buxted, known for Whip It, Bottle Rocket, and Idiocracy. And Bottle when Rocket they were children, Andrew, it was Andrew, and Brother Wilson were... Uh, uh, Owen, Owen, excuse me. When they were children, Andrew and brother Owen Wilson were horsing around with the BB gun. Oren, Owen accidentally fired the gun at Andrew's hands, and the pellet has been there ever since. In the Royal Tenenbaums, 2001, the hand that is seen with the BB lodged in between its knuckles is not Ben Stiller, it's Andrew Wilson. Oh, they even put it in a movie. Mm-hmm. And he, that's how Beef Supreme, that's who he was in Idiocracy. Yeah, right. Beef Supreme. Right, who he fought at the end. By the way, that's... Right now we're having... <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Uh, what, right now we're having like a love song, like these two love each other from a distance. This is the, or- the organist and the janitor. Yes. Huh. All right. So he just comes over and says, the answer to our problems is down the street. Come on. And we go see a bunch of good basketball players. Oh, I thought it was going to take you were to the blockbusters. Oh, yeah, I was just going to reference something. It's gone. Give it, moment give has it. passed. Moment Thanks has to passed. Carl. <laughs> it's right, Carl. I'm going to write it as my own joke. I don't remember it. I just credit you for jo- your jokes. I just say it. I love it. I actually, I've I done that many times. I said, I have a staff of writers. His name is Mike Spiegelman. He wrote this one. This is what you say on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Right, so the whole family just I happens to be your, playing um, basketball. Uh, you're, um, you're not nice enough to... <laughs> That's really funny, yeah. I, well, I, I haven't done that joke in decades. I know you haven't. I said you should see Mike today. He doesn't even get into the acquaintance zone. Oh, good morning. <laughs> oh, hi. Good morning. I'll have, a, I'll have a grande latte. Well, we got to laugh. I'll send you the clip. <laughs> yeah, okay, please. So Every time you're on stage, you say, this joke happens to be Mike Spiegelman. Just send me that clip. Just so, I, <laughs> just so I'm aware of it. I put it on YouTube. I put it on YouTube. So here we have, like, if the kids are good, the dad must be good. And that's who we want, the dad. Here comes the dad. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman dressed up with a bolo tie, a vest, and a cowboy hat. Black cowboy hat. Now, he didn't know anything about Utah until he came here for 18 days to do this movie and had his nice trailer, right? And he met his wife here, and he he was a resident of, I guess you can let me know he's passed away, but he was a resident of Utah ever since that day. And there's quotes like, I want to thank someone for showing me... I got quotes. I'll read you later. Well, you know what I'll do is I'll research in real time uh, what his, his fate. But he's famously from Denver, right? I mean, he was known as the Denver kid who went national, became a 
I don't know if he was doing commercials before Different Strokes hit in the late right. 70s, but he was the star of that movie. And, you know, he was his, Rodney Alley and Ripley, Ripley for a while. Yeah, he was Rodney Alley and Ripley for a while. And then he went full on uh, uh, Cousin Simon from. Uh, but, you know, they Different Strokes was huge, and his parents took all his money, basically, when he was a child actor. And, uh, he, really? He did a lot of other projects. You know, he was he loved miniature trains, and that was what he did in Denver. I think he owned a, a, a train store in Denver at one point, miniature train store. But he mm -hmm. uh, he was in the he played a that was like an after school movie, and then it became a Saturday morning cartoon where he's an angel. Okay. And he goes hmm. to Earth to to help people, and I think he lives in the in a railroad. Uh, uh, Bus, what do we call where you call it? Where you put your bags in it, there's no longer their locker room. Like he mm -hmm. lives in a he locker. He lived in there. In yeah. Story. Yeah, or something like that. I think it was a runaway in that one. I think he was alive. But there was one where he was an angel. And perversely, it was a Saturday morning cartoon where he was this angel. And it's like, how do you become a 12 year old angel? Do you die at 12 years old? Yeah, you have to. Right. They don't explain that part because it's for kids. Right. They don't want to say well, a kid died when he was 12. We right. really learn a lot about Andrew's ass in this movie. During the filming of this movie, actor Gary Coleman met his wife, Shannon Price, I guess is her name. And here's the quote. So go ahead, Carl, uh, talk, because I'm, I'm going to look on the other uh, computer and, and look up what happened. Okay. Right now we're just seeing a sports movie montage with music. We're preparing for the big, you know, the big game. Uh, Coleman, quote, Coleman enjoyed the experience of making the film in Utah so much that he bought a house in Fantaquin. Every morning I wake up with the view of the mountains, Coleman said. If he's from Colorado, this isn't a big deal. Uh, I have to thank Kurt, that's the director, for introducing me to Utah and for giving me a part in this movie. Now, Coleman said this, though. In an interview during an April 2009 broadcast, it's not far away, from the opening on the opening Anthony radio show, Coleman described his dissatisfaction with the film's quality, remarking that watching the production process was like giving monkeys cameras and lights. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at Wikipedia. Okay, uh, okay. on May 26, 2010, Gary Coleman was admitted to the Utah Valley Regional Medical Center in Provo, Utah, in critical condition after falling down the stairs of his home in the Santa Quin and hitting his head, possibly after another seizure, and suffering an endermal hepnotoma. I'm not a oh, doctor. Yeah. According to the hospital spokesman, Coleman was conscious and lucid the next morning, but his condition was subsequently worsened. By mid-afternoon on May 27th, he was unconscious on life support. He died at 12.05 uh, p.m. That's Mormon D time. Uh, <laughs> on May 28th, we're laughing, at age 42. He, he was born the same year as I was, by the way, so I've always kept an interest mm. of him. But the story, uh, let me see if I could find the substance. There's some shadiness that they, they believe the wife was involved, that really? she didn't call in time when he hit his head. Uh, all right, now I'm looking at... Uh, so you mean it was like, she was like, oh no, what am I going to do? I gotta get my story straight. What's your well, well, I mean, they, some people say like uh, he was mean to her, like he wasn't not a good husband. Uh huh. All right, so let's see. He moved to uh, he moved to Utah. What you talking about, Sharon? 
So this is from NBC Today. I just pulled it up on Google. He moved to Utah in fall 26, and according to Italian 2010, officers have been called to assist or interfere with Coleman more than 20 times. In one instance, Coleman called oh. police for help after he claimed he'd taken a dozen painkillers that, quote, wanted to die. Some of the dispute involved Price, who he met on the set of the 2006 movie Church Ball and married in 2007. The couple divorced a year later but continued to live together and present oh. themselves as married in public. Price's petition that the Utah courts to recognize her common law relationship with Coleman from the date of their divorce through his May 28th death. She's seeking the recognition of part of an ongoing legal battle over his, Coleman's estate, which includes the house. Well, uh, yeah, but just a middle class estate. I mean, he was no movie star. Yeah, and she anymore. was living there. I'm sure she wanted to. Got the house, yeah. Yeah. So there was some shadiness that they. Uh, Sounds like it. ABC News parents want answers from actor's wife, Shannon. Poor Shannon Price. What you talking about, Shannon? What Boy, I tried to drop that bomb twice now. I know, I keep doing walk it. away from that joke. I'm, I'm, I'm a millennial. Away. I don't get the reference. Uh, oh, there was a <laughs> reference? I don't know. What's a reference? Well, it's something that you have to, that's outside your wheel. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, you mean like a URL link? Let's see. Yeah, like you. Uh, Gary Coleman's parents are telling us that they want answers, says peoples.com. We're not pointing any fingers, but we need to know exactly what happened. Well, the parents were no angels. Yeah. Police said there's no investigation money. underway because there's nothing suspicious about his death, so no details. Coleman suffered two seizures. Uh, Coleman went to another hospital, but Coleman was conscious lucid. Uh, we're grateful for the wonderful support, thousands of emails. Oh, you know what? I can't find it, but I think people accused the wife of, of not calling in time, but mm -hmm. it sounded like he was not really good to her anyway. I mean, not yeah. anyway, but uh, it seemed like he was abusive to her. So who knows? Okay, watch this. Oh, watch is this, this the... Big... Yeah, I love this. There we go. This is my favorite part of the movie. I love that scene. Smash. This guy just dunked it and smashed the glass of the church ball and now he's out of here don't call me don't call me I'm out of I'm here I'm out he brought him in as a ringer anyway right I think that really happens in true life church ball and that's what the inside joke is uh huh like the guy's so good he breaks the church glass but who's gonna pay for it church can't afford another glass thing the people who are gonna play pay for it are our team and they're going to pay for it by selling meat door to door. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. Well, that's what they do in church. That's uh, yeah, that's my favorite scene. I'm sorry, I was talking about the the mysterious death of Gary Coleman connected yeah. to this movie. That that is my favorite scene. They get the ringer, and the ringer smashes the backboard of the basketball uh, net, dunking it. And now Fred is like, "You did." You had no interest. You did it for the wrong reasons. You had no interest in fellowship with that player. It wasn't about bringing him into the church. Yeah, right. He was a ringer. Oh, so he's giving him a speech. Well, no, he's telling him you're going to have to sell meat door to door to pay for the backboard. <laughs> Is that a thing? And now they here they are selling. They got their meat it's like caps. he called up a local business and he's like, 
you can you can sell our overstocked meat and we'll give you half, you know, because it's going it's going to get thrown out anyway. So he's saying, the Lord said we cannot live on bread alone. I think we should take that very seriously. It's like selling some, getting door slams, jokes. I'm looking, we'll have the janitor and organist joke. I'm looking at a picture of Shannon Price and Gary Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Are they, is it a promo picture? Is it's it, a promo picture. A, They're on like Today Show or something like that. Uh-huh. This is from the Daily Mail, which, of course, I always get my news from. Uh, the <laughs> 2010, so this was actually eight years ago. The police investigation into Gary Coleman's death has been officially closed. The decision to shut down the investigation comes just weeks after the former child star's autopsy report was released. In the autopsy report, the coroner ruled Coleman's death as an accident. The different strokes star uh, died. May 28, 2010, after suffering a brain hemorrhage at his home in San Quentin outside Salt Lake City, Utah, he was discovered lying in a pool of blood by his ex-wife, Shannon Price. The death of the 42-year-old sparked a bitter war over his remains, funeral plans, and his will. Accusations flew between Price, Coleman's estranged parents, and Coleman's ex-girlfriend, Anna Gray. Price and Gray battled that they were both lawful administrators of Coleman's estate, a situation made all more difficult by multiple wills that had been drawn up by Coleman over the years. Oh, mm. In the end, neither side won as a Utah judge named an independent attorney, Jeff Wills, as special administrator of Coleman's estate, and Wills said that Coleman's remains would be remain cremated in a private ceremony carried out in the mortuary in Sandy, a Salt Lake City suburb. So he was buried in Utah or cremated. Suspect was cast over his death as Price as the lead suspects. Criticism was leveled at Price following the release of the 911 9/11 emergency call as she made finding uh, her ex-husband's lifeless body on the floor. In the recording, she can be heard calmly talking about her discovery and then refuses to go to the body and attempt to administer any kind of first aid because she, quote, can't stand blood. Questions were also raised whether Price, who has authorized discontinuation of Coleman's life support, had the legal authority to do so. And although Price mm -hmm. was never officially named as a suspect in her ex-husband's death, she was successfully released a statement to the press denying any involvement. U.S. website TMC, another trusted source, reports yeah, that the autopsy concluded that Coleman was in terrible shape before he died. Gary was an accident waiting to happen. The last time I saw him, he literally looked gray. Okay. Jeez. Wow. Wow. So that's the actress who appears in this movie. Yeah. Next, we'll move on to the, the white sister who went into pornography or something. <laughs> what was her name? Oh, Dana Plato. You're right. And her, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pornography movie was a threesome called Different Strokes. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I think it was, they didn't spell it with an apostrophe. Yeah. God. <laughs> 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 different Strokes. Oh, yeah, so Dana Plato, who played his, uh, the daughter in Different Strokes, uh, not only did porn and then uh, softcore porn and then I think died of an overdose after that. Oh, she died too. Yeah, well, then she died and she previously held up a, a Las Vegas bank or something like that or a store and the, the 911 call was, help, I just got robbed by Dana Plato of Different Strokes. Wow, man, that's bitching. She, like, at gunpoint held up a place? I don't know if she held up a gunpoint, but yeah, maybe it was gunpoint, but she held up a place. Well, I mean, you see her, like, they're sitting around the, 
the thing, you know, like the, the kitchen table with Mr. Drummond and right. what's my name? And, Conrad you know, Baines. You no, know, she's like, stick him up. It's just so bizarre. Oops, sorry, that was me. Uh, I think the reason was because she uh, uh, kept rainwater in a pewter bowl and she washed her hair with it and it turned green and that really changed her life. Or, oh, that was on different strokes. <laughs> oh, we missed it. We, it said the number on the realty sign before was 8675309. Oh, let's rewind it. I'm sorry, I'm hitting the mic. Uh, stand don't new don't mic stand. rewind it. Don't rewind it. No, we got to rewatch this movie. Uh, we don't. We don't. So right now, there he's like, it looks great, guys. Thanks. You fixed up, fixed up my house. Because that was the thing with Fred Willard. His house was a dud. He's like, I'm Gary Coleman, your new realtor. We'll have this. So, so right now, they're just talking him into being on the team. And he's loosening up and loosening up. What do you think, wife? I, I think they really want you. In a lot of faith-based yeah. movies, there's guys that look like this gentleman. They're kind of big. They look like a biker or a football player, and they have long blonde they hair, their hair. With a beard. But they, you know what? They actually like Christ. Yeah, it's weird. they're religious, it's weird. just like us. Just like us suburban moms. The you know I don't know if you've ever seen like Fun Moms or uh, Moms Night Out. Moms Night Out is a faith-based comedy about mom going out and one of the hilarity is that they get mixed up with this uh, long haired bearded guy that looks like that him and it mm-hmm. winds up you know what he knows about Christ he knows he's a good guy that's the one the uh, the, the husbands are supposed to um... well it's like the wives go to the movie or in the movie they like they want they fall in love with that dude right, right. Well, they, they can't, you know, it's just in their minds because they're religious and they need to, well, they're you know, married. nothing will ever. Yeah, they're yeah. married and maybe there was a single lot of married people aren't religious. Then. Well, you see, they're getting better. You see? Yeah, they're doing a montage of basketball and then here they are during their day jobs and it's affecting their day jobs. Or they're making meat. They're making meat. Uh, for, I guess, I don't know why we saw that scene. Um, that guy was, I don't know. He was in a bakery making donuts. It didn't make sense. Well, you know, they trained to together. <laughs> we didn't, we haven't mentioned the fat guy in this movie, the comedic chubby guy. Because yeah, he's a regular on Hale's team and his other movies. He's just unimpressive. You look at his um, IBBM and it's not, you know there's nothing going on. It's like he was in this. He was in like. Um, I don't know, L.A. Law as Clark Six, you know. <laughs> right. So I just didn't bother. Same thing with this foreigner guy. It's like he's got nothing to his name. And, but they both uh, play stereotypes in this comedy, though. They're definitely in place. Yeah. They're definitely there with a purpose. Oh, and Well, we, yeah. yeah. You're the, um, the, the fat comedian who used to be on Saturday Night Live guy. Right. It's just your type, even though you're not. We've seen enough movies that uh, were shot during the 80s where we know the friends have one guy who not only is like overweight, but he's constantly eating or he arches his right. eyebrows when there's food around or, uh, you know, he gets and in trouble. And he's sexually gross one. Yeah, right. He likes to watch and smile oh they are ready so let's hear the Christian rock, uh, the Mormon rock uh, soundtrack to the montage 
yeah, this is like real rock, but it's not. Well, this, all of these songs are other songs. Just like write a song that is Scorpions, Rocky Like a Hurricane. Okay, boss. But so they, they this is original music, though. So, you know, it's not a bad it's idea. It's original but, music. But, but if you listen, like they, when they were cleaning up the house, they were playing um, uh, Hold On Loosely by 38 Special. But it wasn't. It was their own original song. Oh, right. Kelly's like, <laughs> loosely, don't hold on. <laughs> well, my, my favorite song on this soundtrack is the, uh, uh, the Two of Spades. The Two of Spades. The Two of Spades. What? So, I don't hear that one. Yeah, you know, by, by Motor uh, Helmet. <laughs> it's not Ace of Spades. It sounds a lot like... Right, right, yeah. right, right. right. Oh, all right. Sorry, I didn't mean that. So he's Rock, going to work. Like Here he is. See, this is the thing. Like the, his wife narrates this film, and we don't know what the fuck she does during the day, but we get to see him getting his desk cleared out at work. Is that the reason? Because he didn't come home and tell his wife, and his wife's going to narrate it. He told me that he got fired today. Well, he got downsized. Well, he got relocated to the bathroom. Ah, uh, and there's a big so fat guy coming to the bathroom. He's going to get back at the guy who steals his ideas. How? He's, well, he's going to say, I have an idea, but it's a secret. Don't tell anybody. It cleans the germs off your tongue. You just pick it, punch it on your tongue, and plug it in. And so it looks like a hair crimper. And he goes, well, it's not. It's a prototype. So he steals it, goes to his boss, and says, here, put this on your tongue. And he plugs it in. Uh, well, you know, let's reenact it now because it, that sounds a lot funnier than what we're going to probably watch. Let's listen and reenact at the same time. Which okay. side do you want to do? You be the hero. All right, here's my... Okay, this is a big secret. Don't let anyone see it. This looks like a crapping iron. This looks a hair well, something like that, but, you know, it has a little... No, 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 this is top secret. Whatever you, you do, do in. not let the boss yeah, stick his tongue in there. Also, don't All right, I'll tell you what. Why don't I hold on to it and, like... You know, like, it'll be our little secret. All right. Okay? Okay. And by the way, I'm not a sociopath, and uh, I'm not out of line for doing this. What a sociopath. He's totally out of line for doing this. He's going to injure, permanently injure his boss's tongue just as a petty vendetta yeah. over this guy? Now, we only hear the audio. Oh, oh well, he's going to do it right now. Oh, that's not right. That's, that's burned. So tell me about your new... Thank you, Mel Blank. It goes to Mel Blank. Show now we have the bedroom where they don't have sex. There's two beds like propped together, a little line in between. No, it's it's one bed, but I mean they're Mormons, so. So maybe they get it on. What's wrong with you? Um. Okay. So is it Catholic where you can only have sex for procreation? Yeah. I mean, I know it is, but isn't that also true in Mormonism or no? No, I think Mormons are allowed to get freaky. If you know, give us a call at the radio station, 415-550-0511. Do Mormons get freaky? 0515. I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of... <laughs> well, um, in this movie, it's like they don't... They yeah. just have such a crush on each other. She definitely has a crush yeah. on him. That's all she talks about. This movie fails not only fails fails the Bechtel test, as they would say. I I don't I don't get that. There's Tell a to our audience. 
Well, there's a cartoonist, who, uh, Alison Bechtel, and one of her cartoons in the 80s was these two women. She had a, 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 a alternative comic during the 80s. They come out of a movie and they say, well, it didn't pass their test, which is when two women are talking in the movie, they're not talking about the main guy. They're not talking about the boyfriend. Like the women can have an actual conversation in the movie without bringing up the men. And then it's not, it didn't do its job. Right. So, so that caught on culturally, and that's called the Bechtel test, named after the cartoonist who drew that strip. If a gotcha. movie has two female characters who are not talking about the boyfriend, not talking about the main guy, not talking about Tom Cruise. Right, right. So this movie would okay, fail. So they're getting, yes, this movie would absolutely fail. They're getting new uniforms now. And does it say, like, brought to you by Gary Coleman Realtors? Gary Coleman no. Realtors. Now, look, this is corny, right? It's, it's what Slow is it, motion. All the Best Men? What's it called? Uh, all the Right Moves? No, uh, the, the Right Stuff. What's that movie? The, the right... right Stuff. But then they do a funny thing with the right... Like, it just looks like you're being any sports movie, but then they do a funny thing. They're walking in slow motion, one guy's walking normal motion? Uh, well, I'll just tell you, I guess, because you're asking... They, uh, one guy falls down. You know, so it's, oh, it's, it's in slow motion. slow motion. Of course, it's the fat guy. Well, good. Give him something to do. Because usually it would be Clint Howard. Clint Howard's like, listen, you know what? I'm in my 60s. I don't want to fall for your movie. <laughs> well, we took this tire off. Oh, yeah, he did. I never dismantled anyone before. They don't call it murder ball for a reason. All right, so this 42 is 42 to 42. We suck, right? But right. It's 42 to 42. And he's giving the big pep talk. Well, you see, he Fred, Fred is always suggesting the plays that he has in the playbook, but he just ignores it for the whole... Like, it, it should be that he ignores... He goes for it, and it turns the team around, or he ignores it all the way to the end, then it saves them. But they don't do it that way in this movie. That would be pretty funny. He was right all, uh, all along. All right. Trucker football player, Christian guys, did it. But, uh, he, Gary Coleman just said, all right, beer's on me, guys. And he's going, oh, uh, in our faith. I don't think you understand. In our faith. No. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Oh, yeah. I like that oh, joke, dear. actually. That's pretty funny. He probably thought he was off camera, too. Good shoot, guys. I got a kegger out here. Yeah, Gary, we're going to pass on that. What? Hey, you know what? Who's up for some Irish coffee? No, thank you. All right, I got you. Just coffee? No, thank you. <laughs> oh, you don't want the liquor and the coffee. I understand. Here you go. Black coffee. No, thank you. Uh, any other Mormon jokes you got? Call 415 yeah, no, yeah. Who's ready to trip some acid? No, no, no. Listen. Listen. Well, okay, uh, so look, they're crowding him, right? Right, they, yeah. Damn He's like, damn it. Yeah, it's very look strange. how bad he is. I can't believe this is the climax of the movie, is a church ball game. Well, Foul Maggie. on Harry guy. Come on, Sasquatch. It is a relief to watch a, a sports comedy where there's not uh, color commentary over it. Oh, it looks like the Pitch Perfect girls are in their final Well, battle. we'll have that at the end. 
We'll oh, have we do love that. Welcome. This is the a radio DJ guy. Oh, all right. Yeah, right. The. Now he plays soccer. He. <laughs> that is. You can't now, kick the ball into the basket. I'm sorry. Why not make that a thing of the whole? Look how they harass him. Yeah. He's like, They're guys, I don't him. even have the ball anymore. What? It's elsewhere. Watch them bounce it off him. Boing, boing. It's the Harlem Globetrotters. He his, says, cut me, Mick, which I don't even get, but. His number is zero. What a coincidence, considering the travesty on the court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not lost on you. The director's doing his job. Yeah, he said, well, let's have the comedic release number zero. Are you sure, sir? I know I'm gilding the lily, but yes, I am sure. Oh, here he is. He's more confident. You always confident. mention that. Like, you think that's lazy writing, gilding the lily. It's not lazy writing. You, it's just over... It's lazy editing. You need to stop. Uh-huh. You need to yeah, yeah, let, yeah. let the joke breathe. You need to trust yourself with the joke. You can't... You know, you don't need to tag it. Right. And some things, the tag is the extra giggle, but a lot of times, it's just, I'm scared of the yeah. naked punch. Yeah. Well, a good tag kind of grounds the joke and also plays off of it and kind of, you know, establishes it with the contents of like, if you could turn a phrase or whatever that people know from just day to day, it just adds to it. You know, it just it yeah. applies the joke elsewhere, but otherwise let it go. <laughs> oh, great. Boy, this is what we've been reduced to telling comedy. You know, this is how you do comedy. Trust it. Take it from me. And you'll go places. <laughs> if you listen to every word Mike Spiegelman says, you could be like Mike Spiegelman. <laughs> I'm always afraid of that too. It's like, hi, my name's Carl Blowhard. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, Mr. Oh, Blowhard, I'm a first day comic. Tell me all you need to know. Oh, well, kid, to be as unsuccessful as me in this business, first thing you gotta do like you know you're not famous when you know the name of every person in the audience <laughs> right when you go on stage you're like yeah. how's it going hey Cindy how's your cough remember last week when I said how's your cough right oh you know when you go to an open mic and someone will say oh I don't want to do any jokes all you comedians know my jokes I don't yeah. want to tell a joke all the audience members here already know them all <laughs> whoa man I yeah. bring new stuff every single time I do not retell jokes at Mike's because it's, I just, I don't know. Okay, now this is weird. He goes to that guy who's going to be the basketball savior, you know, the, the one who used to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or whatever, and he's knocking on the door and the guy's not there. And he sees a lonely ball and he has a memory of a pep talk. Oh yeah, there he is. I thought he was, I was wondering when they get a church in here. Not this time. So it's like this guy didn't pan out. He told me to have faith and I'm going to. Swoosh. He missed that, right? No, he got it. Man, I need glasses. Oh, here comes the Blue Angels, Carl. Blue Angels coming by the San Francisco studio on Fleet Week. Oh, really? Cool. They've been practicing. I've seen the Blue Angels many times. They practice all uh, before the weekend, and so all of downtown gets rattled. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you're going to visit San Francisco, now is the time. The downtown area. Did you hear that we found a crack in the brand new Salesforce Transbay Terminal that just opened two months ago? Eight years in the making. They found a crack, and now the whole thing is closed. Oh, 
Okay. So, well, it's just that it terminal. Because it's structurally not sound? Yeah, maybe, terminal or? D of the new terminal is shut down. They have police partitions, and it's back to the old routes. So I take the route, and I got to walk to the first stop and the new terminal, and now uh, it's back. Yeah, and it's actually the terminal is next to the Millennium Tower, which has been sinking into the ground since opening several years ago. The Millennium Tower is what it's called. Yeah, and it, it's uh, structurally unsound, and it has a, it sinks. Built, uh, apartments have are on an angle. Like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. That's right, and it's right next to the cracked uh, I beam of the Transbay Terminal. <laughs> it's our modern <laughs> society. Make sure culture. to visit it when you come to San Francisco. You can't miss it. Technical efficiency. Carl Meanwhile, Boy. it's like like neighbor building, which is just some little squat little boy building. It's fine. The one next to it that's a library, it's fine. Right, everything else it's right. the biggest millennial tower. It's sinking. It's structurally, it's going to hit the quake. That's the scary part. So are these the bad guy basketball players? Yeah, and he just messed up with the ball. It's supposed to be funny there's our organist friends and it's the big game and we've got announcers just like mike was talking about oh i hate this first for you it is hot rod it's one of the most unusual games i've ever been involved in but i was watching these guys warm up but i'll tell you one thing we could be in for a long these are local utah guys so they're not going to improvise like it's a uh christopher guest movie the trick is you have fred willard be one of the color commentary or you have a guy like him and then every fourth sentence is something weird. I'm wearing women's underwear. And we're back yeah. to the game. <coughs> oh, here comes the Blue Angels. Ah, oh, and it's gone. This is also this weekend hardly strictly bluegrass uh, music festival in Golden Gate Park right by my house, uh, by my apartment. And uh, a lot of crowds there and a lot of music. It's fun. It's a free concert that they hold every year. But, I mean, it does cost, right? I mean, you have to listen to bluegrass. <laughs> That's the only price you pay. That is a price you pay. Some people hand in cash and be like, can we get to this hardly part? <laughs> well, Steve Martin, oh, is, Steve Martin has been oh, on there. Obvious lyrics. Folks He's wearing a Merkin. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. We were talking about this movie. I'm talking about nothing. Steve Martin played banjo at the Hardly Strictly. Mr. Martin, I love your movies. Uh, excuse me, I'm Steve Martin, the banjo player. I'm not Steve Martin, right. the movie star. That's right. He offends him. Yeah. No, I... You should know me for where I've been doing for the last 20 years. Steve, I love your art collection. Excuse me. You're talking about Steve uh, Martin, the art collector. Right now, I'm Steve Martin, the movie star. <laughs> hey, Here's, church ball. Remember you used to hand out cards? Oh, right. What was the story you couldn't you bother with people, so you'd be like, congratulations, you haven't had an encounter... With Steve Martin. With Steve Martin, yeah. It's yeah. like today he hands out cards that says, fuck you. <laughs> this better be about my art collection, otherwise I'm not interested. So now uh, the bad guys are coming out, so we have a big thing about them. But Look, are, remember Church Ball? It was just like, you know, eight guys in the stands. Right. And now that it's the championship game, they make it like... It's a big deal. 250 people, 500 people. It's the only time the churches talk to each other. They're like, Dad, can we have our ball back, please? Okay. Now we don't have a ball, Chubby. Oh, no, they gave it to my kids. Sorry, guys. 
Hailstorm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's no, they don't say the word Mormon uh, or anything about it. There's no references to the Church of Latter-day Saints, nothing. They do quote from the Book of Mormon. They don't say uh, ward. Apparently, I just the internet taught me that a congregation for Mormons is called a ward. Uh-huh. They say congregation. Well, you know, and also the ward is very concerned about the beaver. They say ward. Mm-hmm. I'm it. really worried about the beaver. About the beaver. <laughs> oh, that's leave it to beaver. The TV show with the with the husband ward. I've always thought it. I, I've never understood what the joke was, but it's that ward and the beaver thing. But then there's Dick Ward who played Batman. Uh, it's like you got Beaver, and then you got Dick. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That's a stretch. So the... the, hey, the, the enemy... we're going to fight. Oh, I'm sorry. So I think I figured it out. You, those two brothers left the church ball team to start their own church ball team. And now this is the championship of the Slick Brothers versus the Underdogs. Uh, no? I'm making my own movie the... up. You are right that it's the championship game of church ball, and it's the Mud Lake, our heroes against Crystal Hill dickhead. You're right. How am I going to get home, Carl? There's Blue Angels and Bluegrass Festivals. I'm not going to get home today. Fucked. Hmm. It's so sunny. Carl, it's really sunny in San Francisco. Oh, it is so sunny. Flying overhead is the bluegrasses, and we're going to have the Blue Angel Festival. Oh, God, it's so crazy. It's becoming a blur. It sure is sunny in San Francisco. Why it's so sunny, I yeah. saw a man shoot up on the street, and he was wearing a T-shirt. No layers. Wait, it's so sunny in San Francisco that you saw a man shoot up on the street. Right, and he was and wearing he a T-shirt. he was wearing a T-shirt. Yeah, he didn't have a jacket. Okay. <laughs> it was good weather. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. It's T-shirt always weather. sunny in... Philadelphia. All right, so hey, what are you talking about, Coach? Umpire. Oh, so that's the wife. She's in the stands. The narrator uh, that of this is the movie. wife of the cursor. Because we don't do the audio, we don't get to hear the cursing. All the cursing is beep, 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 and you get a technical foul for cursing in a Mormon church league. So it's like he's always taking he fouls, you know, he's always getting points right. He has to sit out of the game. Oh, because he curses It's so a much. whole running gag. But the movie beeps it? Yeah, which is funny. He goes, listen, come here. He whispers in the ear in the beginning. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That's when the fight started. The movie started very good. Yeah. And then it was like 15 minutes in and... Here comes the warm jets. I, I got to tell you something. I don't really make fun of uh, Gary Coleman for his height, like in your face. It, he doesn't get its own scene. But if you watch Gary Coleman throughout this movie, it is funny. They're always doing that gag. Right. Well, it's his character, too, because his character is so headstrong. It's kind of funny to just uh, mm-hmm. have him, I don't know, because he's small, I guess. I don't know. That sounds terrible. Now, sound so like he's sitting out for cursing, and Howard is giving him crap. Did you know Howard was on the Andy Griffith show, too? He right. had non-credited parts. He was a non-speaking part. He would be a little kid who was always in a cowboy outfit and he's trying to offer like offer you an ice cream cone or something. I'll read it. Every single scene that he was in, that was who he was out in the street. 
So it's like Ron Howard has always had his brother. Well, they, they've done stuff beforehand, too. Their father was an actor or a stuntman or something like that. Right, right, a right. A cowboy actor. Well, I think in the Andy Griffith show, Clint Howard's character was going to be the star, but he refused to name names for the House of an American uh, Committee of Mayberry and uh, something Ron Howard became. Wait, wait, what? No, I'm going to stop. They just put Gary Coleman in a crib or in a timeout box. They lifted him up. Yeah, that, the joke is he's like a little kid. He's the size of a little kid. By the way, the announcer's booth and that little kid playpen, they're on the court. Huh. You couldn't do that. You couldn't be on the court, you know. Well, yeah, that's just Hollywood's version of Mormon church ball. Oh, this game is so exciting. I have no idea what's going on, Carl. This game's going on forever. Oh, is it? Is well, it? I mean, it's the end now. And so, yeah, it's the, what they're doing is gag after gag, and she's worried about his heart. So we're going to have a heart thing. We're going to have a Gary Coleman gets hurt thing. And we're going to have it gets interrupted at the last second. That Johnson guy, he has to shoot, do what he did when he screwed up years ago you know he's got to do the final shot oh right it all comes together yeah right now Gary Coleman is saying we have to use the playbook from Fred so you're thinking oh I'm being set up for the end that's why we know about the playbook but it won't do that it's like putting in a cloud is what it's called are you sure it doesn't look safe putting in a cloud go break what does that mean they're going to play basketball differently the, it's it's a playbook, and all the plays have names, and they're stupid Fred Wil, Fred Wilson names. Fred, what's his name? Willard. Like, like there he the, goes, jump, pow! No, he got Fred, hit on the back door. You know Fred Willard got arrested, or he was cited, because he was found in a, an adult uh, porno theater in Los Angeles about 10 years ago, oh. probably around the film no. of this movie. But yeah. I don't, I can't believe there would be a porno movie. Uh, you know, it isn't the 80s. Right, but all the people that used to go in the 80s probably still go to the the ones that are uh -huh. still open. Oh, so Gary's down. Yeah, and they're saying, Gary, do you know where you are? He goes, uh, four o'clock. And he goes, ah, he's fine, he's fine, come on. <laughs> Boys, carry your brother. Your... Carry my future. Oh, yeah, so where's, have you seen the wife yet? No. God, I didn't realize they were only I married. believe her, the price is right. <laughs> okay, so now comes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar guy, right? So you're like, oh, I'm being set up for him to be the winner, the big thing at the end. But no, no. He's just he he's just there to the watch. Stand. Well, he's he's gonna. He was an inspiration, and now he's here to, to see that get paid off. I guess it is you a see how plan. It's on the court. Yeah. No, that's a no-no. You can't play basketball with a baby crib next to it. <laughs> he threw something at the kid. Whoa! Okay. Now all of a sudden they're good in the last game. Two points! Hear that? Blue Angels, Blue Angels. Yeah, Blue Angels. Flying over San Francisco right now. Or it's Thunderstorm. Well, if you heard it, then it's probably going to be on the recording tonight, which you can listen to on iTunes, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. <laughs> also on Twitter. Okay, guys, here's my final speech. 
Why is the cameraman beneath us? Break. Break. Ooh, 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 break. He's like, come on, we should be killing these pansies. Put your purses down and get into the game. <laughs> Carl, do you know someone called me a woman the other day? I was so angry. You know what I did? What? I hit her with a man purse. <laughs> you hit her with your man purse? I meant my purse. Uh, this referee's getting less mileage. Oh, what's what's Clint Howard's tragedy? Uh, nothing, nothing. They waste they waste the script on him. He just does quirky, goofy things. Right. Okay. Now the guy with the heart problem, right? Right. So emotion. here we're gonna have our payoff, maybe. He makes the final shot. He gets tackled. I'm gonna fuck your heart up. Goal. Am I right? Did I do it right? Touchdown. Touchdown. But now my heart. Be still my heart. Not that still. Oh no. Is this the end of this guy? Now, what it's set up to is the... um, I tell you about mouth to mouth. The girl crush should like give him mouth to mouth because that was the whole thing. I'm not giving him mouth to mouth. So you think you're set up for that. She's about to right now. Come on. Yeah, right? She is, right? She's going to reach down there and do it. Right. And you, it's totally it acceptable. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Wait, well, why are we seeing heaven? He's yeah. an angel. Now, the thing is, doesn't this... Uh, this might potentially attack a Mormon belief. You know, like, I don't know what their revelation is, you know? What's that? He's wearing underwear. Like, is that the magic underwear I heard about? Echo! <laughs> I don't know. Echo! Hey, look, they got tickets for uh, Book of Mormon. There's there's still seats available. <laughs> I must be in heaven. Look, hi, I'm your crush. It's you. I like the way you can't see her stomach. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and her dress? And the reason you can't see her stomach uh-huh. is that her boobs slope down and, you know... <laughs> What are we talking they, about? They extend over her stomach. And so you can't see the stomach because the cloth lays straight like she has a flat stomach. That's so, like that. It's win-win. It's like the thin fat girl. Oh, he's back. Okay, so, yeah. And she's happy. See, they didn't play it out. They didn't play it out. Well, he came back. He knew he had a purpose. And he won the Yay. game. Yay. But the thing is, now that's called a foul, and so he has to shoot uh, again. Joshua will have to shoot the free throw, the thing that he screwed up on last game, just like that Robin Williams football movie. Oh, the one with Kurt Williams, uh, Kurt, yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah, that was a good film. Best days of our lives, or the best years, or <laughs> or Garp or something. Yeah, I know it was early Robin was Williams. That? It was Popeye. Garp. Yeah, right. <laughs> with Burgess Meredith? No. No, not with Burgess Meredith. I always like that. Remember the, the father. We need more movies like The Man with One Red Shoe. We need more terrible comedies starring an Ascendant star. Oh, this is... But now the, it's like the, you know, I don't want to do it. You have to do it. It'll be different this time. But what if I lose? He goes, yeah, you can lose, but it'll be different. It wasn't like Church Ball killed his family. I don't know why the guy's like so whiny about it. 
Church ball. Da 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 da. Color commentary. Church ball. It's a Sunday night. Church ball. It's gonna be a fight. Everybody church balling. There, there won't be church ball next year. That's the whole thing of the movie. Maybe I didn't mention that. Look, lights out. I would. I shot. I made the shot. Let's go back on. What is this non sequitur? Sorry. Hey, He's like some official. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Bukowski. Come on, people. Come on. Bukowski, what's going on? This is the final second of the biggest game of the year. He shoots like my grandma. Come on, people. Boo, I'm in the audience. Boo, I'm suddenly mad and vocal. Look at it. Sure. Is there a camera there? Why did, he, why did the guy turn off the lights? It's never explained. But what he does is go, didn't you put a security system in the back? Would you show it to me and brag about it to me? He's going to make the shot. Here he is. He's still like... He prepared for this game. He did the curls on his mustache. <laughs> boing, 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 boing. You can tell he's bionic. He should, I would have him miss that. So much he did. And have it be like it doesn't... You know, he did it. They not won. Important. You can tell yeah. he, he's a six million dollar man because when he made that jump, you heard. Hey, you cheated! You're Steve Austin. What gave it away? <laughs> That's a ringer. <laughs> he's bionic. I heard the, <laughs> no, the music. Yay! Oh, this movie's almost uh, over. Wait, yeah. Was her name Jamie something? Was Jamie Lindsay uh, Wagner. Lindsay, Lindsay Wagner. Yeah. You can hear he just she comes in the room and he goes boing 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 boing. boing. <laughs> Six million dollar man meets the bionic woman. Nice to meet Somebody you too. Boing, 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 boing. Then didn't Bigfoot come and fuck shit up or was that something else? <laughs> There's the trophy. They yeah, they did it. Mud Lake. Mud Lake. Mud Lake. <laughs> this is the end of Church Ball. Okay, oh, no, now baseball. this is the clever ending. Oh, they're at a different sporting event. Right. Those two still aren't together. It still hasn't paid off. And he, he's, he's not dead. The heart guy is he's still around. Yeah, Terrible. he's not dead. No, he's not dead. This is what I'm saying. You should have watched this movie beforehand and joined us. I was so excited to see Church Bowl on YouTube. I can't tell you because I, I had that copy for so long. Uh huh. I held on to the DVD. It's just a good movie. This is not a good movie. Carl, it has everything ending, I want though. in a movie. It's it's weirdly... <laughs> it sets me up and then never pays off. Yeah. Uh-oh, church ball fight. Church baseball. You know what, you know what, uh, you know what they call it when you sit down on the, at church and you spread your legs? What? When you manspread at church, it's called uh, church balling. Oh yeah, manspreading. Is that when you okay? So, manspreading is you just sit with your legs open and you can see the lump in your pants, right? Right, and you make sure that no one can sit at the empty seats left and right of you because your legs are spread out askew. 
so there was this woman on this on the subway. It was a video, and she every time she saw a person manspreading, she would pour water on their dick. Oh, that's and great! She did like, well, um, okay, well, check it out because like she does it like thirty five times in a row. They cut to them all, uh-huh. and it really just looks like. I mean, they're just people. They're just reading their book or whatever. They aren't thinking like I'm gonna be a jerk, right? But they are. And a then jerk. all of a sudden, like she gets what? They're jerks for spreading. See it. So do they get really pissed and fight her? Uh, no. Um, most of the time, it's like a shock, embarrassment, and it's like a humiliated. Like I was shamed. And there are some times in which the guy is aggressive. There were some of those, but yeah. it wasn't the like typical reaction. Typical reaction, like, is like, what did I do? What? What do you do? I'm all wet in front of people. I look like a chump. Yeah, but the problem. Check it out. Uh, two, three, four. Yeah, the problem is, is that uh, you block all the other seats, so someone can't sit next to you because you're fucking letting your junk out. But when when you do that in church, it's called church balling. Church ball. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the it. I liked the movie. It just wasn't very, it wasn't written well. There's all sorts of loopholes and things that didn't make sense in the real world. And then things don't pay out the way they were promised. You're right. There's no real payoff to this movie. They do set up stuff and they just never follow through on it. But it's no. It's an excellent beginning and it's an excellent end. And it's narrated by the by the wife of the uh, the hero. So if it's a really odd framing to it. And it is a religious movie, but they do try to cover it up and they do try to play yeah. off of uh, what I do like is it's church parody of like church social life. You know that your church would have a basketball court and they would engage in uh, league matches. So it's, there's some kind of church politics that I like to see. You know, I don't really see that all the time, so I like to see it in the right. movies. Wow, gosh. Well, the credits are still going. Uh, maybe I'm just going to go ahead I'm and... I'm trying s- to look up when Church Ball ended. It was like in the 70s, but like the movie stayed true to that, even though the, there's no real time frame in the movie. Uh, I thought this was uh, present day. Yeah, right. Uh, here it is. Church Ball is clearly meant to poke fun fun at Later Day Saints Church Saints and basketball leagues and tournaments, which were eventually done away with in the early 1970s, thanks to some two heated contests. Huh. That's interesting. Now, see, that's a movie I would definitely want to see. What killed uh, Mormon church ball in the 70s? Here's all the music. It had to be present day, right? Because we never said, like, wow, look at that old car or right. look at that dress or hairstyle. Oh, yeah. No, they would make reference to Star Wars and smoking cigarettes and the Bicentennial, whatever was popular. Uh-huh. Oh, it would be all about the Osmonds. Right. All right. Wow. Uh, Platform shoes. and They would overdo the 70s. Get, you know, like, people would look like John Travolta. Yeah, I like it. There's the mumbly guy, the the temporary coach. That's the. It's no, a good ending. It was it's good. a good ending. All right, so uh, thank you guys so much for watching Church Ball from 2006 with Carl and myself. Carl, thank you so much for researching this movie, as you do every week. Uh, really Loved helped it. me out. I am a big fan of this movie. It makes no sense, and it's a very weird setup. But it's then it, it, there's no payoff. Uh, we will be back next week with a new movie. 
Uh, and I'm really excited, Carl. Man, I'm really excited that this is posted. Uh, so let's listen to the trailer. It's a movie from the 70s. Uh, it's called Chatterbox. Notorious movie. Okay. It got one of the earlier Golden Turkey Awards. Hang on a second. And you'll see why it's called Chatterbox in a second. Oh no, this is a Christian one. This is something else. Underneath that blanket is me, Chelsea Ryan. No, and Chelsea. I hate morning. <sighs> this is not it. Chelsea she wants to be popular. What year is Chatterbox? 77. So I picked, I did one that was from this decade, this century. Here we go. Here we go. It's the real Chatterbox. You are about to see scenes from a serious movie that depicts one of the most amazing medical discoveries in the history of the world. Whatever you do, don't laugh. Well, what would you do if your could all of a sudden start to talk and sing? I will never understand women. I never know Okay, it. not every performer could say that she's recommended by the AMA. Oh, it's just embarrassing. She doesn't want to be just another anonymous organ. I have a that can talk. She has a beautiful voice. Very nice. Yeah, Phil, I'm making a statement with this film. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Dick, I'm so glad I ended up with you. Me too. <laughs> Me three. Are you ladies ready? Do you serve a box lunch? This is a uh, social document. Chatterbox. The story of a young woman who has a very unusual way of expressing herself. I wonder why they call it Chatterbox. This is the climax! Amen. Her vagina sings. That's why they call it Chatterbox. It talks. It was her vagina who said, do you serve a box lunch? When the waitress asked what they... uh, (laughs) And yes, that's Rip Taylor in there too. So, Hello, Frisco. Yeah, oh, he's great. Uh, and actually, I once looked up Rip Taylor to see if he had any movies that we could watch. And mm-hmm. I've heard about this from uh, Golden Turkey Awards, named this like the worst movie, one of the worst movies. This is back in '79. So I'm very excited. It never usually shows up on YouTube. I've looked, and I looked this morning, and it was there. So we will be wow. watching uh, none other than the notorious talking and singing vagina movie, Chatterbox. Uh, Carl, anything exciting going on? Want to let a no, know? no. Carl, that sucks. No, no. I made Gilbert Gottfried laugh. You did? Tell me. Yeah, I went to see Gilbert Gottfried because I was really there to see my friend Trip Ambrosio, who's a, like opens up for Gilbert. Sure. It's like, um, yeah, it's a big deal for him. So um, when ever, at the end, everyone's buying Gilbert's book. Gilbert looks a little sick, by the way. Like he's getting older. Uh, everyone's buying his book, and then the crowd thins out. And I go to buy his book, and he was like, "Who do I make this out to?" And I, said, <laughs> e- I said, "eBay." And he goes, "Well, what? What is that there?" And I said, "eBay." And he goes, "Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> So I go. made Gilbert Godfrey laugh. That's a good he one. Was that rubber Carl. rubber balls and liquor? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, it's good. That's it. All right. Oh, well, good. cool. That's a good story. Uh, I think what a wonderful way to end this this podcast. Uh, Carl, thank you so much. That's what's going on in my comedy career. Yeah, right. You were, you had to, you paid to see a comedian, then you paid to see his book just so you could talk yeah, right? to him. $30, this yeah. book. $30. He opened for you, Oof. basically, because you told his joke. You told that joke <laughs> to him after his set. I was the last. Yeah, I was the last joke of the night. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a wonderful note. We're out of here. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week for Chatterbox. Uh, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegel and Carl. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 
Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeer by Michael Hi, this is Carl. I, I'm Mike's friend. I, I wrote this song. My turn on are French poodles, Chinese German strudels. Oh, you should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes de Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the <laughs> Now let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Michael. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz latin gospel hip-hop and traditional folk ballads great stuff check it out labor and love is every saturday 10 a.m to 12 p.m serve somebody
station. We're actually under the free comedy section. My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's in duty, this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) What could it be? It's exactly what you think it is. Flat. Black. Plastic. Vinyl, records, round, played, mixed, all for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Walker, amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast, that is flat black plastic. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor.
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Hey, comedy fans, don't miss Comedy Day Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams Meadow in Golden Gate Park, noon till 5. It's free. You'll see 44 or more comedians. 44 comedians, 5 hours. That's over 8.5 comedians an hour. That's silly. Ever see a half a comedian? Yes, a half wit. Not funny, but Comedy Day will be a guaranteed laugh a minute. Let's see, a laugh a minute times 5 hours. That's 300 jokes. That's a lot of jokes, folks. <laughs> Why are these people laughing? I don't know. Maybe because they know Comedy Day will be better than the shoelaces of Madagascar exhibit. Better than the paperweight wearers of the world convention. Better even than the alien sheep herding contest. And speaking of herding, heard any good ones lately? Okay, not funny again, but Comedy Day will be. Don't miss punchlines like these. A frog in a blender. In your hat. To keep his pants up. Comedy Day is worth the price of a mission because it's free. Nothing to buy. No operators waiting for your call. Void. We're prohibited by law. Comedy Day. Sunday, September 16th at Robin Williams. Medal in Golden Gate Park. It's free. Visit comedyday.org for complete details. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four ninety nine. 99 <laughs> oh! 
touch of Mojo hands. I'll bring it back on.